Hello, and welcome to Mysteries of Vatkalim. I am your co-host, Judah Eisman, joined by Ethan Gipsman, both first-year students in uh, Technion American Medical School program. This week, we have a jam-packed week for you. We have an interview with a visiting non-medical student to tell us what Vatkalim is like, and in fact, if it is a good community. We have a competing podcast alert. And we have a PR 101 for American medical schools in Israel about how to deal with coronavirus. Um, First, we have an ad. This week's podcast is sponsored by the new falafel guy. His name is Moses or Moshe, or we're not really sure exactly what his name is, and we're not exactly sure if he's Jewish or not. Um, But after further investigation, we will tell you what his ethnicity is. However, his falafel's great. So is his sabich. <laughs> his sabich is also great, and he serves fries. And in, lafas. In lafas. In addition, you can pay with card. It's basically all the things that you don't expect to find in Israel that you suddenly have. It's incredible. All right, let's get started. Michael Neil Pollock. Um, he's from Teaneck, New Jersey. He went to the University of Maryland and he went to a yeshiva in Israel during his gap year called Orisa. Um, and we'd like to thank him for coming on the podcast. He's here to join us because he spent one weekend in Bakalim and he has, um, and naturally has some thoughts. Two weekends in Bakalim, five years apart. Oh, so you can you can give us some uh, some insight into the history, how and what changed uh, in between. I'm good to say. Okay. Um, Tell us. We don't we don't have uh, we're not going to have video of this interview uh, released to our listeners, but just so everyone knows, when during the introductions, um, Michael is doing a lot of you know hand gesturing and uh, I don't know what's the word for it. He appreciated, he, he appreciated being welcomed. Yeah, if you hear any weird noises, it's because he's on the toilet, but not doing anything uncomfortable. Just I might be, or I could be in a in a bedroom. Either one. Yeah, I mean, that's real. The real reason. They'll never know. So I mean, it's really it's two against <laughs> one here. So you're on the toilet. It's basically basically, what you're yeah. to say. 
Yeah. You basically got suckered into being on the toilet. Whatever, that's on you. Podcast, you guys just say things that make stuff up kind of and see where it goes. Because I'm all in. First of all, that's pretty offensive that you said we're making stuff up. We invited you onto this podcast. Um, and we're pretty polite about it. But way to dodge the question about what's changed about Bacalin. Beg me. Beg me to come <laughs> to the podcast. Tell us about your, your first weekend in Bakalim. I'm assuming it was when you were, you were here for Yeshiva. Yeah, correct. I was in, I was in a writer with Bakalim. The only thing I remember is I didn't have Yaakov Kebab, as opposed to the last time when I got Yaakov Kebab. And that was really the main difference. So automatically, the second time was better, depending, oh, on, much better. depending on your bowel movements the following morning. I was fine. I got falafel, so I was. If you had kolan from the heights, then you can have yakov kebab. That's really, they're basically the same thing. <laughs> they kind of are. I mean, you get unlimited fries, unlimited eggplant. The heights is nothing on that. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm just I'm referring to the gastrointestinal distress. That's that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I get that. That's similar. Can you get unlimited pinworms from Golan? I think that's the question. <laughs> like Adam Krieger got unlimited pinworms from Yakov Kebab. Right. Not something you can get in New York. So it's a feature specifically of Haifa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hometown special. Very true. Yeah, oh, what a hometown. It's just crazy because you don't get quality pinworms anywhere in the world besides Yakov Kebab. Let's be honest. It, it kind of makes me. It kind of makes people jealous. Um, when I tell them about Yakov kebab, they get a bit upset that they can't find that same quality elsewhere in the world. It's uh, yeah. It's really the thing. Yeah. Make yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, never the, fir- the first weekend you were here, did you go to the uh, the Ashkenaz shul? Yes. Yes, I did. I went to that shul. Wow, that was a while ago. There was like no, it was like either really hot or really cold. I forget. It definitely wasn't a regular temperature. And, mm-hmm. and I went for Kiddish after, and they had um, like 96% vodka. And that was like, like they had like random assortments of shit and just lots of vodka with 96% alcohol in it. That's interesting. You'd expect to find that, I guess, were there a lot of Russians there? That's really. Uh... I think just yeah, people probably. from teams. Hmm. Interesting. You'd expect to find that kind of vodka either amongst Russians, which there are a lot of in Bakalim, or at a Chabad, which we also have in Bakalim. But at an Ashkenaz shul, you'd expect something a little more classy. No one touched it. Especially <laughs> the background. All right, so that's that's one thing we can we can uh, uh, two things I guess that we can two changes we can point out since between your visits. One, we don't have a shul, and two. Uh, we definitely uh, frequent classier alcohols than uh, 97% vodka, which is, you're just describing hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> what was your experience in the Ashkenazi shul as opposed to the Chabad? What's the difference? Aside from all the beard hair and the spit that they put on the floor. It was, just, it was really just a really big building with not many people in it and really weird temperatures and a lot of alcohol. I'd say that's the only thing I remember from the experience. I'm, yeah, that's the long and short of it. It was a good time. Exactly what he wanted to show. Okay. <laughs> Fair.
community issue. Ethan, are you done about the community? I'm just thinking it's crazy that he was here for uh, two weekends and he's been inside the shoal. And we, I don't even know what it looks like on the inside and I've been living here for two years. So I could be seeing anything. That's true. Yeah. Does no one in teams? You're saying Does no one in what? teams right now know what it looks like? A couple of people do. And I'm sure you guys also have a broad alumni network of viewership and people who listen to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they know too. Of course, of course. This the only clown is his older brother, so he must know. Um, I have a question then. Um, what was your thoughts on the uh, post shul dynamic? Um, how did everyone seem to be mingling? And were you worried about the fact that there were too few singles or too many singles? <laughs> the first time and the second time. Um, yeah, I don't really care about the first time as much. Okay, fair enough. I don't remember. The only <laughs> thing I remember is really just the 96% vodka, um, which might be technically called absent. Um, the second time, I definitely felt uncomfortable with a postmodern walk um, past Yakov Bob back to your apartment. Um, There's a lot of things going on there. Um, Yamagid was always a big feature. Um, is she single or not? I don't know. I asked Judah four years ago for two weeks. I don't know. And that's not public news. <laughs> I'm breaking it here. Sources from College Park. Judah, I'll cut that out, right? <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> We're in a very committed, very serious relationship in their undergraduate time at the UMD. <laughs> and you want to um, that, Judah? Okay. Um, okay, whatever. A little bit of uh, gotcha, gotcha journalism right now, Judah. Yeah. What do you have to say for yourself? I mean, listen, it's weird to get slandered on your own podcast. Like, <laughs> it's okay when someone makes stuff up and, you know, they're like trying to get you when they invite you, but it's like, Weird that they come prepared to get you. I was like, I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting that gotcha journalism for him. Like, I had some gotcha stuff for him. Like, I found his old right to leadership program card. I don't know where. He gave what's no right to leadership program. I think you're. I think uh, you're diverting too much. Trying to change topics, but I think your denial that your past love with the Amagid should be the central topic. What do What do you think about PMS then? Postmodern schmooze. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's only frustrating because I know that philosophy wasn't open. Like I, because I don't care. I don't. I didn't care about anywhere in Haifa. Like what? Like I was friends with what, two or three people. I was visiting for a weekend. I would have loved to go on philosophy, but it's limited hours. It's really a hindrance on me when you were PMSing. Okay. <laughs> well, philosophy is uh, it's fickle. You gotta catch it at the right hours. Their their operating hours are really um, not for everyone. So, I mean, it's not something you can really be upset about. You can just you, you got to know you got to know the game. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's five a.m. to three p.m. That's their hours. You have yeah. to make that or you miss it. Or later tomorrow's. Go to Falafelki for breakfast, or you go to Falafelki for an early lunch. That's it choices or you go for it before anatomy lab there aren't really any other options that's a shame <laughs> yeah um all right Ethan, do you have any more questions about the uh what's it called about the community about the community um 
I mean, or about just I don't know. Can you just tell us your your general impression of the community? I mean, how did uh, I did, I wasn't here obviously when when you were here for Shabbos, so you didn't get the the real picture, but uh, it's still uh, we we're open to any feedback. You didn't get the drink with Ethan. Basically, that's what he said. Yeah, pretty much. That's fair. Fair enough, Ethan. I definitely missed something out. I'd say the highlight was when I first walked into Jude's apartment for my four or five day weekend. There was someone across his apartment over, shirt off, waving at me. I was a big fan of that. I think there should be more of that. I only saw that once. Um, Jude probably remembers who it was, but I just. <laughs> I'm just upset. It wasn't like, oh, oh, you're waking up right now. There's a shirtless guy across the street waving. So that's where it lacked. Um, where it thrived, it seemed like a lot of people who were too scared to commit to Aliyah, but go to Haifa to say they're kind of making Aliyah for three or four years, then eventually make Aliyah like Judah. I don't know where you are, Ethan, but that's definitely what oh, I made. Is. I made Aliyah already. I'm here. I'm here for keeps. Um, I think that's a good segue, Mikey, um, because you, um, we want to ask you about your Aliyah, what's it like to make Aliyah during Corona? Because I know you wanted to make Aliyah right after. Ooh, that's one way to phrase the question. <laughs> um, as Judith knows, and as Ethan will know, I, like everyone else who went to Oraita, decided to make Aliyah after college. And then everyone else, like, like everyone else who went to Oraita um, and Maryland, decided to not make Aliyah. Um, Actually, are you telling me Solta's in making Aliyah? Does, does your viewership know Saltz? Does your people listening to this podcast know who he is? It's not relevant. No. I don't even know Saltz, but now I need to know if he's making Aliyah. No, he's not. Oh, my I mean, God. Maybe. This is outrageous. Wait, so you're not making Aliyah? Yeah, so like I said, a demographic that I am a part of limits my ability to make Aliyah, but it really strongly enforces my ability to say I'm making Aliyah. So why'd you go to Mosheva for all those years if you're not going to make Aliyah? Seems sure. counterproductive. Um, most of us a great way to expand your network. Do you feel like maybe you're hiding behind um, your inability to make Aliyah by going to Moshe and spending your time there? That's a good psychological question, which I really don't have the background to answer. But it's definitely a leading theory um, that most people in Moshe go to Moshe to justify their non-Aliyah, even though it's got canceled for the Moshe I don't know if you guys know that. Oh, wow, that's breaking news, breaking news. Between you not making alarm. That actually is breaking news alert. Do we have a breaking news sound, Ethan? <laughs> yeah, just... How's that? Okay, cool. <laughs> that was good. Um, what was that sponsored by? I forget. Uh, sponsored by the Milkman. The Milkman. Uh, oh, did you see the Milkman when you were in back, Galeem? <laughs> I didn't know there was one. Oh, there's a Milkman. Oh, right? Jesus, man. But it's Which not... It's not the kind of milkman you're thinking about, I'm sure. <laughs> he only sells almond milk? What? He, I guess you could say that. I I, he only sells personal milk. Yeah. Used milk is uh, milk that's been cycled through. He spends the whole day begging for money until he gets enough money, until he buys milk, then he buys milk, drinks it, throws up, um, Davins, um, and then he goes to the emergency room. Yes. You know, at least his faith is right. The guy, the guy focuses on Shemayim. Every once in a while, he gets a hotel call and Ethan gets to interact with him. 
Yes, it's also I've had the pleasure twice, and I'm looking forward to a third. <laughs> Many more. Hold on, Mikey. I'm interested in probing this more. What do you think is the difference between you, who didn't make Aliyah, and Ethan, who made Aliyah? Ethan, did you go to Raita? No, I went to Torah Shraga for a year and a half, and I went to the army for a year and a half. I'd say that's the key difference. Going to Torah Shraga. Why is there a difference between? Yeah, those two. Yeah. Certain in, certain institutions, like the army, drive commitment. Like you're not. It's a sunk cost to not make aliyah after the army. No offense to everyone who didn't make aliyah after the army. If you're going to the army, you're investing a language. You're investing the time. You might as well make aliyah. What else are you doing? Well, maybe, if I made, maybe you go to the army and then realize you'd rather the comforts of America, or you feel like you've done your you've done your Sioni part by being in the army, and now you're you you can justify living in America. Like Judah going to Technion to learn in Israel, and then he's going to justify him not making aliyah by saying he was there for a few years. Sure. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. The whole thing's one long pilot trip. <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. But Judy, you are the kind of person who goes back to America during the summers to make money. Are you doing that again this year? I'm not going back to America to make money. Ethan, um, sad, sadly. What? Ethan, do you know who Judah makes money? Yeah, pizza shop. Pizza shop. Makes the world's best pizza. And sushi. The That's how you know it's a kosher pizza shop. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's true. That's how you know it's kosher, basically, if it sells pizza and one ran, random other thing that every other person who walks into the store is completely floored about. Uh, let me tell you, we were in a low income area. So every single non, like there were non Jews who walked in, and the first thing would be like, is, Can I get the eel and avocado? And we'd be like, Oh. Bad news. Um, and then the second thing would be like, why do you sell sushi and pizza? And we're like, I don't know, man. I really don't know. <laughs> They're like, I've never seen this anywhere else in the world. And I was like, you really have to expand your horizons with more Jews. Let me introduce you to 15 people who know that, who, who think this is a normality. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you guys watch uh, Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews. Um, uh, <laughs> I watched a couple. He did one outside of a, a at a kosher pizza place in like Queens or something. I don't know where it was. It was somewhere in New York, and it was they had sushi also. And he got pizza and walked out and started the review and was like, "I've never seen a pizza place that also has sushi. Like, what what are they playing at? What kind of game is this? Having sushi in a pizza place? <laughs> it was floored." <laughs> Is that a common phenomenon in Haifa or just American? Of course. I think it's just the, what pizza, pizza and sushi. Yeah, sushi isn't as sushi is too expensive in Israel. That's the problem. Yeah. Much of a delicacy. Only the Americans can afford it. Is that why you're not making aliyah, Michael? Because the sushi is is too expensive. Um, I it's definitely I it would be more reason not making aliyah is a terrible pizza. Um, than the bad sushi. That's fair, that's fair. Savage. But you don't even live in New York anymore. It's true. The sushi in College Park area is not good. Although, I don't know if you've seen Judah, besides your old yeah. institution starting a sushi place that you used to work at, Shalom upgraded their sushi. I'm glad. Would you say your time working in a Supergirl, which is one of the local soup areas, 
Soup stores is analogous to my time working in the sushi place. A soup um, store? They only sell soup? Soups and salads. Soups and salads. Okay, soups and salads. Okay. Let me help you out. No one buys salads. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's only I thought those were only like economically feasible where there are seminary girls around. I think we started at in Israel after Supergirl. Mm, okay. The soup stores on every other block in Jerusalem is based after Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think Supergirl is known outside of Washington D.C. area. Or now they are. Now you're all, now the entire viewership knows. Uh, okay, solid. As we like to call it, the DMV. Um, all right, we have a couple more things. We have because um, we don't before we run out of time. First of all, I'd like to ask you, Mikey, because I found this incredible Arita Fellowship feedback form. I can't read anything on it, but I really enjoyed, first of all, the shear from Chad Simon, which I found. Um, and second of all, um, I also enjoyed your shear about social orthodoxy. I think it's interesting. Our community- Where is this? What's the source that you have this on? Bakhleen, so well, I see that you, um, I do see that you like the personal part at the end. It was very honest, but you do need to improve on summarizing. Um, but I, I, I like the fact that you bring it up because our community, Bakalim, is very much an interesting community in that you don't necessarily have to be orthodox to be friends with the people who are orthodox because everyone is friendly because they're tied in together from, through the school. Um, and as a result, people are invited to meals who might necessarily what at University of Maryland would not necessarily have been invited to meals. Can you explain to me or to us the concept of social orthodoxy and why you think you might be socially orthodox and why it's important for people? Boy. And what it's important. That's a, that's a loaded question, Judah. Is that really the uh, well, sticking theme of the mystery? What's the mystery there? Do you guys already do the mystery thing? Miss the mystery? The mystery is, is usually just Judah and I. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, don't try to don't try to you know butt in on our stuff. Then. Right. I'll I'll wait till you publish the podcast. Um, yeah. Um, leave, leave a scathing review. <laughs> Just out of one star, wherever I can find it. Oh, all right. Um. What was that? Don't dodge the question. Um, I'd say social orthodoxy is a great way, alternative to orthodoxy for people who are interested in orthodoxy, but can't necessarily, or don't necessarily believe in the divinity, the Torah from God to Moses at Sinai. Whoa, okay, I didn't realize it was that deep. What What does it entail though? It entails no practical differences in between regular monorthodoxy, except the state of belief is different, where you don't believe, you're either indifferent about the question or you actively don't believe that God gave Moses the Torah, but you find value in other things in orthodoxy besides that divinity of the Torah. That was deeper than I thought it would be. Well, okay. <laughs> Listen, man, you're, you're, you're doing some real deep R&D on my life. Oh, well, how many people do you think are socially orthodox in in your area or in your life. I'm just too scared to admit it. Does Rami still live around me? Um, That's fine. 
<laughs> That's my brother, by the way, Ethan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, no, no shots at Rahmi. He's a great guy. Um, um, but, but, but I have no, I can't, I don't know. How many people are in, in Tachinam like that? I've never asked anyone that question, so I wouldn't know. Jude, you can start. I don't know. You start calling out your friends. No, we don't. We don't call out names on pod, this podcast unless they're members of, unless it's part of the uh, what's it called, uh, med school student of the week. Then we do it. So the El Magid was in off limits. You should have told me that before. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> uh, it's it it a good question. I, I don't. I don't think it had. I don't think it's as frequent. But I do think in bad clean there are people who um, who get to be a part of things that are orthodox that in other they otherwise would not get to experience. For example, Yakov Bob gatherings, or a Friday night dinner, or a Pesach seder. Mm-hmm. Party, which, as you know, are very very different from non-Jewish parties. Yeah. I don't think I've- into a non-Jewish, I was at you in college. We had a much different college experience. You went to non-Jewish parties, you went to raves, you went to frat houses. What did I do? I sat here learning eight, 10 hours of Torah a day. Sounds about right. It checks out. Yeah. Based off of <laughs> me knowing you for the last 27 minutes, I'd say that's, that's, I 100% agree that that's what happened. Two gets one. Wearing a shirt one of us is. I don't know what to say. Um... <laughs> for a shirt and pants none of us is lying about other people in the bathroom no you're still in the bathroom that's that much is clear yeah dude. should we uh should we get uh get it get some med school student of the week going you want to nominate someone ethan um i would like to nominate someone um, I think this is her, her first time being nominated, uh, as far as I know. Um, our good friend uh, and your fellow mentor, Tehila Isaacs, I'd like to nominate her for Med School Student of the Week. For uh, she thought she wasn't feeling well and got tested for coronavirus and tested negative. So Med School Student of the Week confirmed doesn't have coronavirus. Nice, like that. <laughs> Always think you have what you're studying. Good med school student. Just got to be safe. <laughs> you have to be safe. Were lymph nodes swollen? Safest person to be around in Bakaling, to heal Isaacs. <laughs> As of right now. As of right now. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. I have a nomination too. Um, I I'm gonna ro- I'm gonna nominate Robert Nami. I just feel like he hasn't been nominated yet. Um, he, he really deserves it. Also, he told me last week not to worry about anything in the world except for Steph. And just ignore everything else in life. Um, and I was like, cool. Nice, Bobby. Uh, thank you. So anytime you get to advise someone to don't worry about anything else in life and just, and just worry about Steph, I think you deserve a good nomination. That might not have happened last week. That might have happened like last year. I don't know. But I'm still nominating Bobby because he's definitely said it at one point in his life. I like that. You're, you're very big on the laser focus uh, 
people being your Med School Student of the Week nominees? I like them. I like the fact that they have laser focus. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it deserves a nomination. I think it deserves lauding. I think it deserves award and mm -hmm. reward in the form of getting voted on at our podcast on the Twitter. And maybe passing step. Yeah, and maybe passing step. Yeah. It's secondary yeah. to winning uh, Med School Student of the Week, though. I'd say if Robert could say he has two goals in life, one of them passing step, one of them getting nominated as medical student of the week or recognized, um, the, the latter would be much more important than the former. Much more important. Mm -hmm. And our approval, much more important than step. Hey, I'll nominate um, any of the guys that stand outside the window shirtless, Mibakalim. I don't know specifically who that is, but anyone who does that, I love, that. love that. <laughs> you feel like that's a med school student thing? It's, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd say it's a med, uh, at least a Bacalim team's med school thing. Cool. All right. Thanks, Mikey. <laughs> well, uh, we're yeah. gonna post. We're gonna post this poll on uh on our twitter twitter as we always do and uh the six of you that keep voting on it please continue to do so we really appreciate it <laughs> twitter twitter handle is at of galim um we're we are running out of time almost so mikey just want to uh, thank you for coming on our podcast we really appreciate it yes sounds good. thank you for adding adding to the culture of Batgalim. thank you I hope to see you soon in Boston, as an Israeli citizen. All right, let's start off with a PR 101. So, sadly, we've past few months, we've had Corona. Big deal. You might have heard about it. Um, <laughs> we don't might like have, to might have come across <laughs> the, the front page. We don't like to talk about it because, um, yeah, you know, we, we deal with current events. But either way, we have to do some PR 101 uh, for the way international medical schools have been dealing with corona. So what's, what's, how has Technion dealt with corona? Um, what have been some of the issues? Oh, hello. So <laughs> I'd just like to point out this is the first podcast ever being recorded with a baby in the recording studio that is my backyard. Possibly um, in history. Everyone say hi to Avichai. <laughs> so Technion... They did an interesting job of handling Corona. They seemed to be kind of on top of it from the start, but then it kind of just tapered off into, I guess, really just focusing on, from what, I, from what I've heard, they're really just focusing on dealing with rotations and stuff and kind of just neglecting the first and second years to do whatever, which they ended up admitting. They ended up admitting <laughs> doing that uh, two months later when we had a meeting with them. So that wasn't, it was a bold strategy, if you ask me. <laughs> so I've got, an I've got a particular PR 101 for telling all the students they had to be back by a certain date, then checking with the Israeli government, or sorry, not checking with the Israeli government, having the students check with the Israeli government, realizing that they couldn't make it in, and then having to recontact the, uh, what's it called, recontact the administration to let them know that it wasn't possible to fill that date, and then changing the date. So good, um, one good strategy maybe, uh, for dealing with the coronavirus, check with the government before you make your plans. Just so, a PR 101. It's always <laughs> always a good idea. But from what for for all 
that Technion has done not correct. From, based on what we've heard, Sackler has done even worse. Yeah, so way to go, Sackler, because as much as students may complain, and they're not complaining, don't worry, Technion, you've done a great job if you're listening. Um, Dr. Wolatsky, shout out to you. Uh, but as uh, for what students may hypothetically be complaining, it is worse by Sackler, where basically day one, they just heard nothing. Absolutely nothing. I heard from a student there that they were told not to leave Israel because after... Pesach, they would be starting classes immediately, which obviously... It might not have happened. It's a very short-sighted uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Which I guaranteed, though, uh, granted, is uh, is hearing from the administration, but then immediately after that... Immediately, yeah, it was radio, radio, si- silence. radio silence after Radio that. silence. So. so more advice as an administration. Not that, you know, I'm not a doctor, not an administrator, but contact with your students is extremely helpful in those trying times. Yeah, communication is key. Yeah, not that I want to be an administrator, but if I was, might be what I'd do. Yep. Start a Twitter account. We can help you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we uh, we dealt with them. Right? We gave them solid advice. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, hopefully they can build off of this for the next global pandemic. They'll, uh, they'll know what to do. Yeah, I'd say the next one, they should be prepared. Uh, all right, next segment, we've got a competing podcast alert. So... I say one of the solid, one of the main things that we do on this program is provide pretty solid advice about dating. No? Um, yeah, I'd say that's one of our strong suits. Yeah, I'd say sure. of, of the of the segments that people frequently message me about um, <laughs> <laughs> about what people like, um, one of them is our dating tips, and they say they practice them practice them frequently. Um, but however, this this leads to competing podcast alert because you better watch out. There's another shidduch. A podcast on the market called Nobody Talks About Shiduchim. Uh, I have gone through some of their uh, content. So, yeah, some of their content very, uh, very intently. And let me tell you, it is a stunner. Uh, they had, they have some good stuff on there about dating in Brooklyn, about dating in the Upper West Side, and in dating on the Lower East Side. So check them out. They're appealing <laughs> to all, all demographics. Yeah, basically. Brooklyn. Lower East Side and the Upper West Side. All the markets. I think they even have something if you need to go to Teaneck. Oh, wow. That's yeah, really... Yeah, it's, it's big. It's out there. It's, they really, deal, it's really out of town. They deal with the hard-hitting journalism that people don't talk about enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just watch out. Nobody talks about Shaduchim because we have our eyes on you, and we know that we'll probably deal with Shaduchim better than you do. So if you actually have questions about Shaduchim, come to us. Ethan, you would say you're a su- successful uh, uh, yeah, dating advice person? Yeah, as someone who only dated one person <laughs> for marriage. Wow, way to, uh, way to uh, slim down those numbers from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah you know, it's <laughs> here and there, give or take. But uh, yeah, I'd say uh, it's pretty successful. Yeah, cool. Um, num- probably number one podcast in, uh, in dating statistics. In Jewish dating. Yeah. Hypothetical sure. question for you. Are you a successful dater? Are you knowledgeable about dating if you get married or if you date a lot? Oh, if you date a lot, 100%. This is a question I hear about a lot. Yeah, I know nothing about dating. People going like, <laughs> I'm married, so I'm a good – you know I'm a good dater, so I can give dating advice. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's a lie. So you would say um, – People who have dated a lot know more about dating, 100%. Than people who are married. Interesting yeah. take. Happens, I agree with you. Yeah, it's uh, – People who are married just just happen to get lucky quickly. Oh, all right. Wow. Okay, shots fired at married people. (laughs) Me being one of them. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. 
Um, as always, you can follow us on at of Galim on Twitter. Um, oh, okay. Our mystery this week. Um, our mystery this week is the oh, courtesy of Yael Magid. Apparently, there's this guy who is building his own roof. He has built. He's created a contraption. I'd, I'd like to give him a name. Yeah. The bricklayer. Oh, bricklayer. Yeah. Solid name. We've got the milkman. Now we have the bricklayer. Yeah. Honestly, that is a name that can be applied not only to person who. Uh, this guy, but also, you know, I'd say it's a good defensive tackle in the NFL. Probably, yeah. Yeah, Rickland. Or um, someone who has a, a bad outside shot in poss- basketball. Possibly a Nick. Or someone who <laughs> yeah. frequents the bathroom a lot. It's an all-defense, no-offense guy. Yeah. Frequents, frequents the bathroom a lot, and possibly a character in Game of Thrones. Good call. <laughs> but yeah. either way, he has a contraption in which he hoists bricks up from the street to his roof, and he is slowly and steadily building his roof one brick at a time every single day. So good for him. Brick by brick. Brick by brick. Um, Dave Portnoy. Anyway, in addition to that, he also learns Talmud or Gemara in his tefillin or phylacteries on Shabbat morning every day on his porch. Which is a every week on his porch. Sorry, considering phylacterizing. If that's uh, the, am I using the term correctly? I think you are using the term correctly. Really? Did you make that up right yeah, now? I totally made that up on the spot. No way, because it sounds extremely professional. Phylacterizing. Are you sure about that? Phylacterizing. <laughs> listen, as a classics major, as someone who oh, studied right. ancient languages, that's, that's true. I have extreme proficiency in this. That's and I'll a good tell call. you, it's a correct word. Okay, phylac- someone who phylacterizing. I'm sure it's not like phylacter- phylacterpy, like philanthropy. Oh, interesting. It might be phylacterization. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or. Phylacterification? Phylacterification. Someone who phylacterifies. Um, someone on, who phylacterizes? Could be. Is it like prophesy, where it's, I think it's prophesi- prophesizing, but it's actually prophesying? Prophecy. I, thought, I always thought it was prophesying. Um, wait, is that one of those words that you've read and never heard? Could be. Oh, oof. Like chameleon? <laughs> like dictionary. Um, <laughs> um, either way. Um, this guy is fascinating. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> this guy is fascinating. Um, what's mysterious about this guy? Well, the one he's he's phylacterizing. He's wearing his tefillin on Shabbos. Okay. Like, everyone knows you don't do that. Not allowed. Okay. Um, so it's a bold strategy. Yeah, I, I I like making up your own. Of list. all the things to do, like to break Shabbos, putting on tefillin isn't one that it wouldn't be my first choice. I'd rather eat me- meat and milk. Yeah. If that, if I, had I mean, to that's break not something. even breaking Shabbos. That's just. It's just breaking the law. Eating a cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, maybe go for a drive or use your phone or something. Yeah, like, check uh, check sports scores. Yeah. Oh, sad. Uh, too soon. <laughs> um, too soon. <laughs> but in addition to that, creating your roof, oh, like building your own roof, I imagine, is a bit of a mystery. Yeah, why, do you think, why do you think this guy's building his own roof? Because I have a theory. Uh, definitely building some kind of, like, secret compartment. Oh, like, that's actually distinctly possible. Shoot, that's probably better than my theory. It's for sure what's happening. He's building some kind of, like, secret KGB cha- chamber. Or he's just building stuff to look out of the boats. He's building stuff to what? Look out on the boats on the sea. Look out on the boats. Okay, yeah. But why do it himself? Why not just hire, hire a professional? That's a good question. Why does he want not want anyone? Why does he do the Jacob Hearth strategy and just hire people? <laughs> um... Yeah, it's a good question. My theory was the fact that he recognized real estate's going up in Bakley. His theory is that he could sell his apartment for more if he builds it higher. Mm. So basically, in my brain, anything that's bigger is worth more, right? Yes. If you gave me a baseball card that's like 
9 by 11 and then a baseball card that's 10 by 12 I'm like the 10 by 12 one it's obviously, definitely worth more obviously yeah or if you gave me a tech a medical textbook that was yay big but then you gave me Physicians another one desk reference yeah then you gave me another one that was even bigger I'd be like of course I'm buying the bigger one go definitely bigger, worth go bigger go home yeah that's why first day gets thicker every year mm-hmm. um so that was my theory he saw real estate going up in Bakalim he's like time to get uh time to build my building up as high as I can <laughs> Cash, cashing in on the real estate boom yeah Either way, that's a smart. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Ooh, that cashing in the real estate boom. Yeah. Honestly, it's probably the secretive thing. I'm just daydreaming. That's more like most likely what's happening. Yeah, it's probably building like a torture chamber or something. Yeah. Um, that's probably what's happening. So watch out for the bricklayer. Yeah, basically, <laughs> if you see him, take a picture of him, send it to your uh, your your Technion Snapchat group. Everyone would be fascinated to see who he is. The Batgalim bricklayer. Ba- yeah. In the same Bar-Wall's way that off the tongue. That is a future uh, Toby Flenderson waiting to happen. Scranton Strangler, (laughs) Blackland Bricklayer. Future future killer waiting to happen. I look forward to meeting this guy. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you possibly next week. Um, As always, follow us on Twitter at at ofgalim and uh, rate us five stars. Five stars, five stars. Five stars, five stars. Don't forget to vote in Med School Student of the Week. Med School Student of the Week. The Twitter poll will be going up hopefully later today. Yep. And it'll close indefinitely. Whenever. So to be determined. <laughs> Basically we decide. See All
are you gonna be my girl?